Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood, allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels. And be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon. Silas sensed the psychic door opening, the mental summons of his masters. He was reluctant to detach from his work, and although he was reasonably confident he could keep whatever secrets he desired from the psychic giant, Castilian, now was not the time to take chances. As his mind approached the shared mental space, he detected a substantial deviation from the typical trappings of the meeting place. Gone was the human aesthetic of a dimly lit office replaced by a wasteland of alien-esque ruins and a vast, starless sky. Standing in the spoiling gloom was Spider Black. The Mindwalker was not taken off his guard, however, instantly adapting his psychic sensitivities. The most minute perturbations along his mental defenses would be immediately realized. 
This was especially necessary when dealing with Spider, a creature whose true nature and aptitude still eluded the Malsapien. He saw no need to accommodate the new environment, so assumed his traditional appearance, that of a fairly nondescript man dressed in formal wear. Spider was nearly invisible, a small section of his lean, pallid face peering from beneath draping shadows. Granted, sight was not the predominating sense within the mental mirage, but the imagery spoke somewhat of the efforts being put forth by the participants of the meeting, and Spider was projecting a deliberately scant presence. Silas put on a show of being surprised by the change in scenery, if only to placate any egos in need of stroking. I, uh, wasn't expecting you. <laughs> sort of caught me off my guard. <laughs> I find that very doubtful, Mindwalker. Very doubtful indeed. I want you to arrange a meeting between myself and Baal. By naming the creature... Spider was intimating that the Malsapien and the horned monster had already met. Silas took the fact for a bad omen. How much more might Spider know? Uh, of course, um, whatever you say. This meeting will not be known to anyone else. You will say nothing of it to Castilian. Is that understood? Yeah, uh, sure thing. <laughs> Have there been any developments with the creature that you'd like to share? Spider could have just as easily been named for a serpent. His presence, mannerisms, and slyness were almost a better fit. The master of the machine studied the face of the Mindwalker, which psychically translated into a deeply penetrating mental probe. Save for his aforementioned serpentine wit, Silas had never been on the receiving end of Spider's mental powers. He had no idea Spider even possessed such things. Here was something vastly different than any mental presence he'd ever come up against. What it lacked in brute force, it compensated for in alacrity and stealth. Here was where the man earned his name, where Spider became separate from Serpent. The creature's mental movements outlined an apparently rambling course around the Malsapien's shielded thoughts. But in the end, Silas learned, almost too late, there was deliberation behind the apparent randomness, a web of clairvoyance spun for the catching of a single stray thought, the smallest morsel of insight. Such a technique would certainly have prevailed against all but the most skilled mentalist, and Silas was glad to be such an entity. As the weave of invasive thought closed over the weakest points of Silas's psyche, the Mindwalker reinforced his vulnerabilities and plunged his most valuable secrets into a chaos of mental static, encoding as much as concealing them, his thoughts transforming into so much indecipherable noise. When Spider's probe withdrew, the contest lasting the width of a second, Silas aimed a clever smile at his unsuccessful overseer. That's 0 for 2, fellas, he crowed to himself. 
Spider had attempted the same technique Castilian employed, only executing it far, far better, asking questions only to snatch the answer, and then some, from the answerer's mind. This time the Mindwalker barely came away with his own secrets, let alone Spider's, although the encounter had revealed a bit more of the man than he'd previously known. Spider was not without his own powers. And there might have been something else as well. Not exactly like a secret, perhaps, but insight nevertheless. To Silas, the feel of a mind was every bit as telling of age as the appearance of the person who wielded it. There was a shape, a texture even, that hinted at the age of its owner. That shape could be generally conceptualized as somewhat jagged for comparatively younger minds, and smoother for those of an older mental profile, and of course there were a number of variations to both stylings that embellished an individual mind's specific attributes. However, Spider's dimensions of awareness were perfectly smooth, no irregularities or discernible texture. All this suggested a span of time that was abnormal, to say the very least. Even the prehistoric awareness occupying the regressor's mind accorded its vast dimensions to the traditional geometries. If he was correct, and the math of Spider Black's mind did indeed add up, the creature, as he was surely no man, might very well be older than the Earth itself. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, well, other than trying to swallow me whole, nothing really comes to mind, boss. The pale man in the dark sat silently, perhaps reassessing the Malsapien. Finally, he hissed, that will be all. The scene faded, and Silas stepped back into the ather over Deadwitch. The man who was little more than the ghost of his own mind felt relief for the absence of what could only be an antediluvian alien of some kind. Lynn tapped into the mob attempting to slip unnoticed onto the property. At least ten of them were creeping through the scrub brush that littered the approach to the house from the west. Before she could further react to the invasion, something slammed through the house, crashing through walls, finally plowing into the hallway near where she stood, looming over her. The thing was hulking. The falling debris and pluming dust made it hard to make out any details, and it possessed no detectable senses for her to plunder. She leapt sideways into Eric's bedroom to escape the massive metallic hand that reached out for her. She pressed herself into a corner and strained her eyes through the darkness. The electricity had gone out as soon as the monster slammed through the house. The eyes of the thing, twin ice-blue lights, blazed into the room. The furniture blocked some of the illumination, but she knew she was seconds from being discovered. Then she heard a scream, Hazel. Her sense of leadership was a cold one, nothing that stirred any real feelings within her, but she utilized it as a guiding star nonetheless. She would act on its behalf no matter how empty her sense of purpose. It was merely a mechanical response an automatic defense against nullity and the resulting spiritual paralysis. The Hulk placed a metal hand on both sides of the doorframe and pushed them apart as easily as one separates curtains. Despite the pursuant collapse of the ceiling, the thing thundered inside the room. 
she had to get to Hazel. Her role as leader commanded as much. As the giant spotlight eyes reflected upon itself through a large antique mirror in the opposite corner, Lynn could see the thing was some kind of machine. A robot, perhaps. She had no hope of robbing it of its senses, and so the same choice arose as ever it had. The one that was far more deadly to her than any mechanoid monstrosity. She exhaled and stood up in the chaos of the collapsing room, her eyes turning the color of oblivion. The resulting nothingness howled through the room, swallowing everything into its bottomless gullet. The void chased the roar of thrusters into the sky, where the mechanical monster rocketed upwards into darkness and relative safety. Lynn shifted her gaze to the yard, throwing nullity at the interlopers picking through the shadows of the backyard closing upon what was left of the rotting Victorian on Lineage Street. Again, the world before her eyes dissolved into... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Roaring emptiness. She dragged the void across the benighted property. The grass and dirt and trees and stone evaporating into the never. A yawning pit recalling the touch of her power. She knew the invaders had escaped her attack, diving into and through the back door to avoid complete annihilation. A door which happened to lie beneath the emptied room she occupied. She looked down, pinpointing the senses she gazed through, her void stretching out. The strange feel that entrapped her teammates days before rose around her from beneath. Both her limbs and thoughts felt drowned in thickest tar. She bristled at the thought of wrapping herself in the void to escape, knowing the price it would exact. That brief hesitation cost her the fight. She saw through the man's eyes who felt her when he brought a baseball bat down on her head. The pain that wrenched at her guts made Hazel stumble as she raced into the hallway, regressing the collapsed floor and tumbled rooftop as she went. She grabbed a length of broken wooden railing as she barely managed the stairs downward, her ears pricking at the sound of booted feet coming towards her from the kitchen. When the tip of a fur-lined hunting cap broke into view, she determined the footfalls weren't those of her companions and struck out before she could make out the head wearing it. She swung the railing with all her strength and regressed it back to the tree it had once been. The mammoth object struck the hat wear before she ever saw their face. Indeed, the entire entryway disappeared in a massive explosion of wood and plaster, the house reverberating through to its stoutest beams from the blow. Moments after the tree began smashing through the wall, the wanderer's strange field from days prior expanded towards her. This was the reprisal of William Church, she realized. Not wanting to cross into the slush field a second time, she regressed as much of her surroundings as her pain allowed, hoping to slow the thing's advance long enough to backpedal away. 
Throwing herself over the couch and leaping back to her feet, she crashed through a nearby window into the yard, regressing her injuries in midair. No sooner had she collected herself from the broken glass of her escape than a figure appeared before her. It was a man, tall and wearing a light dusting of moonlight that fell from patchy cloud cover. His eyes jumped with arcs of electric blue the knight struggled to restrain. And from a point just above his eyes, a blazing lash of lightning uncoiled. It struck her directly in the forehead, filling her with hot light. The pain was unexpectedly bearable, yet she was unable to move. The energy poured into every inch of her, searching and mastering flesh, muscle, brain, every one of her senses, all of them no longer her own. The blazing will of the man, the Malsapien, seized hold of her absolutely. She tried to rouse her power from where it lay deep within her, but it was no use. That, too, belonged to him. Ah, William Church, no less. I'm so pleased to make your acquaintance, finally, Keith said, lifting a wine glass and nodding to the newcomer and his milling companions. I ain't here to waltz to chamber music and drink old grape juice. I came for you guys, you passengers. Church beamed at Keith and Eric, a devilish smile raising his lips. All of this over a little misunderstanding with one of your men, I assure you. Save it, Goldilocks. We're here because of Wilford Gimmel, the old art fart down there on Dead End Drive. Seems like he came down with a bad case of dead. Or very likely dead, judging from all the blood he forgot to take with him. Funny thing is, you guys were seen breaking into his place the other day. Kind of a dink, don't you think? We didn't kill anyone. But if you're interested to know what happened to Wilford, we'd be happy to inform you. After you sent your man to try and bully us into your little meetings, we thought it prudent to wait before approaching you with what we know. Eric's voice fluttered from barely contained anger. <laughs> As they say, likely story. So, you all uncover a murder and decide to sit on it, eh? And then go to a dinner party to boot. <laughs> nah, I ain't buying that. I don't particularly give a good goddamn what you buy, Mr. Church. You attacked us by proxy. Hurt my friends. Ah, vengeance is such sweet venom, is it not, dear brother? Naturally, I will see it done for you, in your name, and for the sweet progressor. And why stop with this one? Why, the entire band of them, and perhaps even the street they lay claim to, might as well follow. Yes. The best way to assure her safety is to be rid of them altogether. I think you need to shut your yap before that attitude of yours gets you into even more trouble. Keith looked like he was about to say something when Aunt Bertie spoke up. I don't like you and your ilk at a stone's throw, let alone right in front of me. Very nearly before my eyes. 
The old woman cackled cheekily, ever so slightly diverting her gaze from the lead trespasser. You mightn't just let us all alone. I'm no friend to rudeness, as I'm sure you likely recall. You do recall, eh, Willie? The ringleader's smile sank beneath a furrowed brow and flinching grimace. This don't concern you, Bertie. They killed... No, they didn't. I'd know I'd see it on them. Now leave. It ain't that easy. You see, we already got the two skates you left back at home. And if you don't want this to get all messy, you'll all come with us. Like now. Cautionary tales are brimming with the perils of rushing to judgment, Mr. Church. I'm sure you would much rather have this conversation with willing participants. After all, we all have to make our way here. It would be an awful shame to start things off on such a wrong and ungainly foot. Don't you agree? Heath's expression reflected a serpent's repose, motionless and ready to strike. Seems I recall you guys sending my guy back with a broken nose. So it seems to me like the gauntlet's already been thrown. So, what's it gonna be? You coming along, or this shit have to get nasty? And trust me, you don't want that. <laughs> Keith took one last sip of wine, snatched the napkin from where it folded over his collar, and dabbed his lip with it before standing up. Certainly, we'll come with you. I see no reason to curry any more ill will. Keith's eyes went to Antonia, who'd been utterly silent during the exchange, nearly shrinking into her chair. Eric was still seated, staring burning holes into the leader of the Wanderers. The Englishman's past heaped coal upon the fire of his present rage, and his brother only stoked the flames. Spiderwebs only favor the spider, Eric. It's never to the fly's advantage to step into them, no matter how much or how loudly the spider bids him do so. Hazel cannot be helped by seeding power. You can help her and yourself only by exercising it now. Eric closed his eyes and shook his head, whispering, It's always going to be like this fated, scripted. We just can't get away from it all. It's not possible. Not possible at all. You just gonna sit there yammering to yourself? You gonna come with me like a good little lad? No, Mr. Church. I don't think I will. Rather, I think I'm going to kill you and all your misbegotten people. And then I'll sunder the street you lay claim to, crush your houses to dust, and then, finally, I'll watch the breeze sweep what's left of you and your dirty little kingdom into the gutters. Eric's voice began to falter near the end of his pronouncement, his eyes losing their focus, his skin turning pale. As the flesh of his face tore away from his rapidly swelling skull, the wanderers and everyone else moved away from where the once-living Englishman had slumped in his chair. 
They watched in cold silence as Eric's bones, his entire skeleton, grew huge and terrible, bursting from its wrapping of skin, tendon, and muscle. They winced as the organs sloughed from their red pockets and membranous pouches to the floor, collecting in liquescent, steaming heaps. A fog-wreathed, undead behemoth assumed its full height beneath the cold blue lights as the ceiling crumbled all around him, and the onlookers only retreated farther. Why, Cromwell, I didn't figure you for finger food and spirits. I'm so glad I was wrong. Splendid to see you, old boy, Keith said with all the giddiness of a schoolboy. The dead not shown a rictus grin at his teammate and seized the leader of the Wanderers in his deathly glare. Ah, good death singer, while I'm no patron of feasts and finery, I do fancy a good dance, now and again. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, We'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter. 